Today is. Today is. Importance. Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> importance of a diverse community. It also happens to be a Tuesday. But that's besides the point. Yeah. Besides those points. All of those points. All plural. All plural. <laughs> Honestly, who cares about English? I don't know English. <laughs> I'm an English major, so I should probably care. I want to add content warnings of just ahead of time. Um, Yeah. We will talk about race, gender, politics, and how that influences community. Yeah. A lot of feelings, as we typically do. There will also be mentions of some, like, possibly triggering concepts, like neo-Nazis or... (laughs) That was, like, the KKK. (laughs) Casually. Um... (laughs) Because our first thing that we wanted to bring up is how a diverse community, just even just diverse as a word and community as a word, is not just about race. It is not just about your ethnic background. It's not about how many different people of color you can surround yourself with. It is so much more. It is so much more. And, I mean, like, we kind of list it. It's sexuality. It's economic status its beliefs and values its religion it's it it's preferred music genres yeah it's it's, um are you a mother do you have do you have a disability yes yes your age the breeds of animals that you have as pets how what's your position on lana del rey yeah oh what do you do for work oh yeah yeah do you even care about work? Uh, things like that, where that is a do diverse penguins community. have knees? What are your thoughts? Diversity. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and also, like now thinking about it, you can have diversity within said category. So, for example, like your age. Yeah. We're in our twenties, and also, even though we surround ourselves with different people, like my coworkers are various ages. Mm-hmm. But we have the same job in common. Yeah. And then it's also like, oh, but how did we get to this job? So what was their past? Yeah. I mean, I think that they're, you know, most of the diversity that we see in the world, it's based off of obviously experience, right? Because it's like, there are so many people who have experienced so many different things. They don't have to be a different race or age or gender than me. They could literally just have a different walk of life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think like. I think that that's something where when we think of diversity, I this is something that I feel like comes up a lot in our episodes where we'll talk about it and it's just like the first thought that I had was this. Like with vulnerability, the first thought that we had was something and oh my God, it missed, like it's gone now. <laughs> like, like keywords, like you said, exposed, un- discomfort. Like, yes. Those are things that we t- talked about and like yeah. vulnerability, the first thing might be emotional vulnerability versus like intellectual vulnerability yeah and so i think the same thing like that just happens where people tend to get this like idea like everybody's like oh racial diversity yeah like when you talk about having a diverse community you're talking about how many asian friends you have how many black friends you have yeah and that's not it yeah that is the most surface level thing yeah well it is so cool to you should be hanging out with people from different cultures than you right because there's so much Cool and that's another learn. thing. Culture as a subheading of some kind yeah, has so many different aspects. And you bring up experiences that just meeting different people with different lived experiences than you. 
Yeah. That is so exciting to me. I know. And I, I think it's something that I really didn't have when I was younger. Like, I, I really, like, all of my friends were from the same town as me. Mm. They, like, lived a few streets away from me. We were all the same economic status. We were all the same, like, you know, we had the same teachers. We had the same friends. Mm. Like, there wasn't this, like, newness to us. And it kind of, like, put me in this, like, well, this is how we're supposed to be mindset. It's very normalized. Yeah. Or just, like, this is how it is. It was maybe not this is how it's supposed to be, but this is how it is mindset. And it was just like this assumption that this is just what everybody goes through. Yeah. When yeah. in fact, n- no. No, no. <laughs> like big no. A big no, no on that one. But I think that's something that I was really pushed to figure out once I went to college and left like basically a tiny town of the same race, same political ideals. Same economic status for the most part. Yeah. Like, I left all of that. Mm-hmm. And now here we are on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And talk, talking so openly about this. And I think that... I mean, if we contextualize, too, the increase of diversity and inclusion positions at workplaces... That, that push has been really interesting to watch. It has. Because that, you know, of course, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's so, so easily cool. mishandled. Yes. And so also easy. that it is unfortunate that these positions, a lot of them had been created after the brutal murder of George Floyd. Yeah. And that that event had to happen in order for inclusive teams to be created. I also think that a lot of companies made those inclusive teams not because they were like, this is wrong, we need to help our community within this company. It was more like, it feels a lot more, like a lot of them were more like safe face. Like how in June, (laughs) all of the companies suddenly have pride flags in their logos. Mm -hmm. And then it's like by July 1st, it's gone. It feels very performative more than anything. And I think the hard thing also is, while race absolutely needs to be a conversation in inclusiveness and diversity, there are people who like will think that's all you really need to talk about in those types of teams and maybe not like and houselessness. What, right. What we just talked about of just like maybe the age that you had your children or how many siblings you have. Yeah. And do you care for a, a family member while working at this company? You yeah. know, like And how, how can we make this the most inclusive process for you? Mm-hmm. For you to not only perform your job or go to school because they're uh, DNI programs at schools. Um, yeah. How can we maximize, you know, your labor while also tending to what might be hurting you or. And also it's just like, it's really interesting to see that there has been such a um, performative aspect to this, because when you think about it from a business standpoint, inclusion teams can do nothing but positive stuff. Like, if anything, they make your employees more able to work because they're trying to make it easier for them to work. Right, which we would hope. I know some yeah, groups may but not. but, like, that's the ultimate goal of it, right? right? It's like, so it's just, like, interesting that there are so many people who fight against it, and it's like, if you want to look at it from a business standpoint, yeah. it's extremely beneficial to right. have Right, it those should things. be an investment, and which is yeah. what, like, as much as we can critique it because nothing is perfect... No. It is still something that 
is so beneficial for people. Yeah. And maybe that person who got that role, who got hired for that job, is finally thinking that they can be their full selves as an employee, that they can finally contribute something, you know, they might be yeah. really excited. Like I saw a job opening at a community college and they wanted a um, inclusion director. I read the job description and I was like, I'm actually like qualified. Yeah. Did you apply? I didn't. Ah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm leaving my current job. That's fair, <laughs> but it's still fun. I know. So I was like, wow, I, I meet all the marks. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so things like that where we know that it is exciting and beneficial and at the same time we should still be critical of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All in all, creating diversity in your space, it's important work that sometimes doesn't even have to feel like work. No, it is. it really doesn't. And it's, I mean, to me it doesn't. And I know for some people maybe it is. It is harder because you haven't been surrounded by a diverse community yet and because you were saturated in a certain group and that it is harder to be exposed to different experiences Mm -hmm. when it could feel like you're isolated or... Or if you're socially anxious. Right, and you just don't know where to go and who to ask or like what to say and what to do. And so um, I think that's why, you know, saying like, oh, it's so important to have a diverse community. It's like work with what you have and being exposed to a diverse community doesn't have to be within your physical location. It could be electronically. It could be diversifying your Instagram feed. Totally. It could be joining Zoom sessions by community members. It could be... And literally keeping your phone on, like keeping your little thing on black. Like you don't have to show your face. Yeah, and likely in those positions, you know, you have that choice. They're not going to force you. Um, going to school, that's a one thing. Yeah. Um, there's just so many ways. Taking a freaking yoga class, I don't know. Like, No, there's so many options, and I think also there's just the really basic ways of diversity and, like, the simple ways. Like, asking a stranger how their day is going. Not even that. Literally comparing songs with people. Like, being like, oh, you have different music tastes than me. You can even do this by yourself. Yeah. Spotify has so many playlists that are so different yeah and sometimes i'll click on one and the title sounds really cool and the songs are not what i expected yeah and then i go like "Ooh, here goes the rabbit hole for my next hour yeah (laughs) and then it gets really exciting because i'm like whoa i didn't think about these artists before i never heard of this sound before and so it's like what's this whole community that i had no i don't know much about the pop punk scene but here i am and ready to learn yes yes no it's so important and it's just or, like, just swapping books with someone. Yeah. Or... Going to the library and just looking through each section. I've honestly done that. Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing is, like, most people, I think, feel like when you're talking about diversifying, it's a lot of... You have to interact with people. And that's so hard for so many people. Yeah. And diversifying can literally be, like, I am going to read a book by a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't have to be a super intense, like, you know, ideal, you know, like ideological or critical race theory book or something like that. It can literally be a fantasy Mm -hmm. novel because you like fantasy, but guess what? You get to see something else. Right. Picking a book. Okay. Never mind. This is my book. (laughs) I was going to say, I I said library, you said book, and now we're going to (laughs) just. But like picking a book that's about a character that doesn't look like you 
Oh my god, it's game changing. Mm-hmm. It's game changing. Especially with the book covers that are coming out these days. No, oh my gosh, the the push that I am seeing for I like love it. for like diversity within like books and plots and characters is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Some of their major books, literally some of the most like top-selling YA novels are about the LGBTQ community. Like they are LGBTQ based characters. Yes, yes. Yeah. And people read them. Yeah. And they're bestsellers. That's <laughs> fucking dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that also ties into just like, what are the basic benefits of diversifying your community and the people that you surround yourself with? Or the things and the stories and the experiences that you surround yourself yeah. with. And it is that you you may see yourself in a story written by a woman of color. Yeah. And you might not have thought about that before. Yeah. Until you pick that book up. Yeah. And you can you can find yourself in people who aren't like you. And that builds empathy. And we all have similarities. Yes. And that builds, yes, compassion, empathy, mm-hmm. sympathy. Yeah. Like, it, it builds these things and it opens your mind to, like, this whole world. And it's so cool to know that you, you have access to a whole world and all you want to do is watch Nicholas Sparks movies. Oh, my God, I can't. Can I say something that's unpopular opinion? Sure, I don't care. I don't think Channing Tatum is attractive. People do go back and forth on that. I do think he's hilarious. <laughs> he's a great dad, it seems like. And he's like. so funny. He's so funny. Have yeah. you seen him on social media? Yeah, and his like fairy that? outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the one I where he found like, the that. astrology app and he was just like, why do they know me? <laughs> Yeah, that was my Nicholas Sparks thing. No, no, I totally get it. I might watch A Walk to Remember Tonight and cry, but I don't know if I want to do that. I kind of want to. But (laughs) what I'm saying is, like, when you just, like, it's, it is something that I, it's so easy to fall into because we are all so afraid of change and we are also afraid of the unknown. And I think that is such a, like, almost an inherent survival aspect to us, which is don't go into the unknown. There's this danger to it, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that it, you have to push against that because honestly, it's really hard to be in danger sometimes <laughs> these days. Like, I think what's funny is like discomfort versus safety. Yeah, yes, yes. Because we've been in unsafe situations. And like, I can think of so many unsafe situations just because of my like physical and mental safety. Yeah. Um, because I've either been through it or I just make it up. Yeah. You know? And so meeting people or reading books that are challenging, um, they got nothing on me, you know? I'm just like, bring it on. And that, again, is a benefit of, like, me cracking my own shell and, like, pushing my own boundaries to explore these different experiences and then suddenly being, you know, it goes to, like, tolerance and then it changes to this empathy and then now I just care so heavily, which is a pro and a con, because it's just like, I'm a heavy, heavy person. I mean, there's a reason you have depression. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there's a lot of things that I'm holding. And I also love it and thrive off of it, because I'm like, wow, that person felt so comfortable sharing that information with me. Yeah. Or that I got to see how this person's family eats dinner. Yeah. Or like... Yeah, and it is they're... such a satisfying experience. <clears throat> like, there is this... Like, intimacy. And that's community to me. Community yeah. is intimate. Yes, and but there is this, like, the fact that you get 
you were allowed into a person's home. Yes. That, that is such a cool honor. I know. I'm so emo about it. Like, no, it's so cool. Uh, and so it's like the idea of being able to like sit with someone and like they're willing to tell you their stories and show their differences from you. Mm-hmm. Sharing and clothes. You know, like this is such a random thing that I just thought about of just like honestly connecting vulnerability, community, diversity is like sharing things with people, sharing stories, yeah. sharing language, sharing food, like that is just so cool. No, it's And no, you get it, to you get to learn so much. You get to learn about yourself. You get to learn about whatever said community that you are being impacted by. You get to see like you get to test yourself too. Like, do I like this? Do I do I want this in my life? Yeah. And at least you tried. And I think that's that's this process and practice of diversifying. Yeah. That being said, you don't have to like everything you experience. No, no. Like, that just fe- that just feels that's danger to me. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, like, don't you don't have to like and don't force it upon yourself. You know, if you really don't, you know, aren't a huge fan of Chinese food, that's okay. Like you experienced it, right? And you, and you tried about it. it, and you like you did the thing, and that's the importance of it. It's like. Don't force yourself to, like, like things just for the sake of diversity. And I think that's a big deal. Mm. That's something that, like, I think you and I also touched on before recording this. We need to start recording sooner. (laughs) But (laughs) something that we touched on was finding people for sake of diversity. And that can be a very toxic trap. Yes. Which is, like, when you start using people because they don't look like you. Because it's almost like, well, look at me. I think that's something that... um, I see a lot of white people doing mm-hmm. or something that I really honestly noticed a lot of girls doing in high school when everybody wanted the gay best friend. Oh yeah. And it was just like, it was such a tokenizing thing mm-hmm. for like this, like whoever this person was. And especially in high school, like you're probably figuring out your sexuality and all that shit. And it's like the fact that like you're being tokenized. Mm-hmm. It, it's such a, it's uh, it's a really like, um, it's an easy thing to fall into. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. I almost said steep slope, but I didn't know I think, yeah, 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 I know what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> steep oh, slope. Yeah, it's very steep down there. I think that um, kind of going off of that, how for, and you actually brought this up, mm-hmm. how important it is for BIPOC folk to also seek out other BIPOC people. Yes. And you bringing that up was just like, duh like yeah. shit yeah yeah you're right yeah and it's also that um you know also leaving the small town that I happened to also go to school um in with Mary is that I had the same reaction even though we're obviously racially different mm-hmm. class-wise different everything mm-hmm. we're very different <laughs> very different but we're very much the same <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> And how we still both had this culture shock of things are going to be very different. The duality of us is incredible. The duality. Duality. <laughs> it, makes all, it makes our friendship necklace make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Um, Importance of BIPOC people knowing right, other BIPOC right. people. Um, and how that, for me, I didn't know I needed it until I was forced to... Enter those spaces. No, because we only had white friends. Yes. Like, I still you are one of ten BIPOC people in our school. 
I was the only Chinese person besides my sister. Oh. What other Chinese person from school did you know? No, I know. I just know. No, exactly. I didn't think of. No, like, yeah. You know? No, I thought about it, bro. I was like, uh, Bullshit. where are China? Where are you? <laughs> like, mom? <laughs> mom. And I mean, like, what's funny is that, you know, some historical background of the town that we're in, it was historically a Japanese town, mm-hmm. a Japanese um, immigrant, immigrant town uh, where a lot of people settled. Yeah. And then and a lot of mining. Because they weren't allowed in, like, white um, mining camps. Mm-hmm. And so they, they settled here. All the shops were Japanese-run. Um, yeah. So then, a few, of course, different Asian uh, communities followed. And then life happened. Colonization happened. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but anyways. Yeah, the that, whole nine yards. Right. When I, real, when I was taught that, because we have that little Japanese garden in the, at the school, yeah. I was like, wait a second. When we You're had- telling me I have people here? Well, and then we have a whole gym that's named after that one guy that I can't remember, but he's Japanese. I can't remember his name. Yukoti. Yukoti. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything from high school. Yeah. Let's <laughs> make this very clear. Oh, I said that with a question mark in my tone. Yukoti. Yeah, I, was, I, I tried to confidently say it, but in my head I was like, ooh. Yeah, but we had all these things around. Right, we had, had all these... these foundationals. Right, and like you're like, okay, there's a plaque, but like, what happened here? You know, because obviously it was all wiped away. The population does not reflect that history. No. At America, so it's like. Eh. I think one time I looked up our population of our town. It's like ninety six percent white. It's ninety seven. It's ninety seven percent. Yeah, I had to use that data for my thesis. Oh. I didn't have to. I chose to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's reflective of the majority. And so back to like kind of being forced into these spaces of me finding other people that reflected my lived experiences. Mm -hmm. That was a culture shock because I didn't get that before. Mm -hmm. And for some people, it's the opposite. They were so saturated in their, their lived experiences because everyone reflected them that once they got somewhere that was different, it was like, oh, I didn't realize that even though, like for example... I met a lot of Asian folks who didn't have the same feelings that I did because they got to grow up with other Asian friends. I didn't. And so there was a lot of things that were normal for them that weren't normal for me that I had to Mm re-navigate. And, of course, like building, again, like the privilege of going to school and a college institution, I was able to like gain language and talk about it. Yeah. Well, and and also there was something mm -hmm. that we were kind of talking about, which was you struggled with it at first. Yeah, it's because the culture shock was so intense yeah. for me to be, because I had to survive. Well, yeah, and you're also so, you were, like, so suddenly forced into a reality of, like, holy shit, it was all wrong yeah. growing up. Yeah, and that I was also inadvertently validated, mm-hmm. because it's, like, my uncomfortability was totally valid. Yeah. That my, you know, hesitation to people, my beliefs and inherent values are not wrong it's just that I was surrounded by people that had their own ways and that's fine and of course I mean for some folks they did push other things onto me but like yeah that's still their own experience and I wouldn't want to step over that no because that's the point of this conversation is that everyone has their own experiences that they carry and that they continue to carry Mm -hmm. and like learning that from other people and just learning how we can experience one event but in different ways yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, I mean, that's something that, like, I literally had the exact opposite mm-hmm. thing that you did, which was, 
I grew up, I'm white. I grew up in a very white place, literally with you, (laughs) but like, and, um, like when I left our town, suddenly I was faced with this reality of like, there's a lot of things to question here. Yeah. Or a lot of things that you've never seen or done before. Yeah. Like that not, yeah, basically that was exactly what happened to me. Or just like, honestly, I mean like just being told, I remember coming to, okay, so this Mm, is actually kind of an interesting story, but I remember I came to, I went to Oregon State University and I went there and there were a lot of Asian people, Mm -hmm. which like, whatever. But like, I remember I actually mentioned to my friend, my, like one of my best friends who grew up in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is actually the most diverse community I've ever been around. And she goes this community is so white to yeah, me. Yep. Because she, like, literally, she did not, she grew up, like, as, like, the one white kid mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. So she, like, had such a different thing. And literally just hearing, even though we're the same gender, same sexuality, same race, same age, all of that shit. Yeah, yeah. She literally, like, blew my mind because I was yes. like, wait, what do you mean? You yeah. didn't grow up around a bunch of white people, too? Yeah, yeah. But you're from, like, a small town like me. Mm. doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense right so I, w- I like had to go through this whole ass thing and then I was exposed to so much cool shit yeah and you learned about yourself I learned about myself I learned about my own honestly I learned about my own biases that I mm-hmm. didn't even realize I mm. like had they really for it forced me to confront myself um because I was put in something that I'd never been in before because yeah. I was only surrounded by people who had worked from completely different walks of life I'm going to pull something. This is not on the script that we've developed. Okay, well, thanks. Do you remember when I tried to explain to you what stereotype threat meant? No. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay, because I remember very clearly. Wait, how old was I? Um, it was called, well, in high school, I wasn't having these conversations. Yeah. So it was sometime in undergrad, probably early undergrad. Okay. Um, and I remember just being really excited, because I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And just for context and how I explain stereotype threat is that it is this idea that you think the other person is applying that stereotype to you. And so you have this like, oh, I, I remember you talking about, I don't remember what I said. You were very defensive. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Which is, I'm not like calling no, you out or I anything. Mean, it, yeah. it was just, I remember getting this feeling of just like, oh, Mary doesn't get it. Yeah. Which is fair. And then now I, now I explain it to people. It's like, okay, you know how, like, women are supposed to be, like, bad drivers? Yeah. It's like when someone's watching you parallel park. Yeah. That stereotype threat. And you're just, like, stirring in this, yeah. like, thing. And, of course, now I have a better way of explaining things. But I remember applying it to me and trying to explain that. And then you were just like, I, can you say that again? Like, what do you mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. It was just like a... And I was like... I think it was... Yeah, it was... And then it was I also... On, and again, it was something on me, too, of just learning about myself and how I communicate to mm-hmm. you and how I explain things about how I explain my own experiences to someone yeah and how I explain it to different people because everyone's gonna receive and respond differently yeah well and I think also it took especially with those types of things like it took a really long time for me to like lose the defensive I very much was in the mindset of like but I'm not a bad white person mm. you know so it's like whenever there was talk about stereotype threats that you would feel I was like well I want to put that on you yeah you know, and that was, like, my exact, you know. And so that was, like, what I would think. And mm. I would be, like, well, why are you confronting me about this? I would mm, never okay. do that yes. to you. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then it, to me, I'm, like, no, it's not about you. 
Yeah, it's but you're talking this... about white people. So right. I have my own ass little story. Right, type right. <laughs> so it's this like grand, and I remember seeing um, probably a tweet or something, and yeah. it's like, hey, if I'm talking about white people and you're a white person, duh, I'm not talking about you. But yeah. if you think it's about you, then maybe you're the problem. <laughs> it might be about you. I was like, oh. It might be about you. <laughs> like, yeah. And it so... might have been about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was funny. Well, I remember I used to say it like, you've never talked about this because mm. for me, I have like the whole religion thing, which mm-hmm. was something that was really interesting for me to learn because growing up, I we grew up in a very religious town. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up going to church probably like, <laughs> like once a month, <laughs> like, but you know, more religious than some. And I remember when I moved up to Oregon State, it was, like, the first time I had ever heard someone say, religion's so fucking stupid. Oh. <laughs> it was, yeah, I was like, oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it was, like, suddenly I was around these people, and it was, it was a little bit of two things where it was, like, I had never been around someone who would say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then on top of it, I don't think they had ever, they didn't have to consider being around people who might be religious. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was this really weird kind of, like, thing where it was like our diversity is clashing <laughs> but I, I genuinely remember there was like someone who just didn't even think about it and they go oh all religious people are idiots mm-hmm. and I was just like yeah feels <laughs> like, Sounds like something should... my dad would say <laughs> yeah but also feels like you should check <laughs> for like any right which is symbols on anybody yeah which is also something when it comes to having diverse communities it can be dangerous for whichever party well, and there's a privilege to assuming that you are around people who are like you. Mm. And Ooh, so yeah. I assumed that people didn't feel that way because of how I grew up. Wow, yeah. And then that person assumed that we all felt the same way when they said it. Wow, you just hit a nerve in a good way for me. <laughs> I feel like, again, the that was part of the culture shock I was mentioning, is being forced into this community of like, oh, I'm also surrounded by first-gen, low-income, you know, yeah. immigrant-related, big-family, like, yeah. type students. We happen to be college students, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and they share experiences, and they eat the same places I do in South Sac. Like, they eat, you know, like, yeah. things like that. And then I didn't need that. You didn't need to offer background information. No. I didn't need to defend myself and my experiences or explain myself. Or avoid explaining myself mm-hmm. because they just got it. Yeah. And I, that shook me because I'm like, I'm not comfortable with this because I've never done this before. And again, back to what you were saying, I wasn't unsafe. I was just like, I was literally shook. <laughs> no, wait, you know what this really reminds me of? This reminds me of Austin Channing Brown's book, mm-hmm. The, uh, was it Black Dignity, I'm Still Here? I'm still here. Yeah, it's called yeah. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. Oh, it's called, like, Black Dignity in a White World. That's the, that's the subtitle. Oh, good. Black Dignity it. in a World Made for Whiteness. Austin Channing Brown. I'm holding a physical book in my hand. It is a lovely, lovely book. In my color-coded bookshelf. Yes, I have noticed that. <laughs> um, but do you remember where she was talking about how, like... Oh, I remember. Okay. Well, then I'm going to give the audience. <laughs> go you, forth. Go forth. You, dear listener, are going to now read here the thingy. <laughs> like, but there was this uh, chapter of the book or something where it was basically like, when you are from the majority, you get to assume that everybody else has a similar experience to you. So the way that she referenced it and the way that you and I talked about it mm-hmm. was like, 
basically like you would be in a classroom in high school and the teacher would say, oh, you know, it's like when you go skiing. Mm-hmm. And then there were, and then like Austin Cheney Brown said it and she's like, my family has never once in our life, like, I think what she said was like, black people don't ski. No, like okay, bro, people of Which color, like, people of color don't go outside like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> we don't like own a boat and like. Well, also it's expensive to assume that everybody mm-hmm. does skiing is such a pricey sport. Yeah. Or, so, like, snow, anything snow. Also, like, if you think about also just the science of, like, melanin. Yeah. You think my, you think on my skin, you think my body temp, you think I, in snow? <laughs> no, okay. I kind of thrived in 110 degrees. Yeah. Hate no, to I, say it, I'd but, like, knowing. yeah. But, like, that was the thing that it was, and it was just, like, there, like, what she was basically saying was there is a privilege to being the majority. And that is something that a lot of white people don't understand that they have. Yeah, and it's this, um, she was talking about just, like, comparing, just, like, the norm, this, like, baseline experience, Mm -hmm. the things that we talk about in culture, media, whatever, is relative to whiteness. Yeah. And it's relative to the middle class white male experience, that heterosexual, like, that is what you're being compared to. So when you have, you know, let's... You use the classroom, for example, a teacher being like, you know, it's like when you go to Disneyland and you, whatever. Meet Cinderella. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I did do that once. But, like, not everyone has that experience. One, to go to Disneyland, maybe fly or drive. That's financial aspect that you're comparing yourself to. Yeah, the price of to. Disneyland is crazy. Um, also, the idea that they even like Disney. I think yeah. I, I have also things. like have you ever thought about how expensive Disney souvenirs are? Sorry, that's like a whole nother. Oh thing. no, that someone told. Like, okay, I don't know if this is true. Someone debunked me, but someone said that the churros at Disneyland that are sold for like six dollars yeah. are actually from Costco. Ha! Uh huh. That's hilarious. <laughs> I kind of love that. I know, and they just up it, which is from a business profiting capitalist perspective, super fair. beneficial. Yeah, uh, but yeah, things like that where it's. I like how you said it. There's a privilege to assuming that everyone around you is going to be the same. Which is why people get that automatic privilege because mm-hmm. we are in a society that is just very white. Mm-hmm. Like, white Christian people get that privilege. They get mm-hmm. the assumption. It was a privilege for me to assume that other people would have the same beliefs as me. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm pretty sure, like, somebody who had been living in my town and was like, Hindi would never experience that feeling. No. But I got to experience it, and then I had to deal with the shock of experiencing it. Yeah. Which is a whole other thing. And so, the more that I was forced to diversify myself, the more I realized I don't need, I shouldn't assume that someone was able to go to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Or I shouldn't assume that someone's gonna, I don't know, know like some Christmas story Ooh, that I know yeah. just because Christmas is popular. You know? Oh, you know what put me in my place uh, very similar to this is when I was working for the seniors with dementia. Yeah. And they, their age range, it was like, you know, 70 and up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so the songs that they remember are from their childhood. Mm-hmm. And they were all like this light of mine. Yeah. The fact that I remember that is only because I learned that song at that work when I was 19. Wow. And, and I know you're shocked because you know that song. Yeah. 
Oh, I just got it. I was like, I'm just confused. Okay. Don't you know that song? No, I do know that song. Yeah, it's very. But I thought you were just saying, like, I realized how young I was or something. Oh, no, no, no. It's It's more. Because it's a white. It's a white Christian song. song. Yeah, okay. It's something you sing in church. That's not. That's. Yeah. Took way too long for me to put (laughs) together. Which is nice that you did not assume. (laughs) Okay, that was a practice. There we go. That song. Yeah, and how, like, you know, me just saying that word might not mean anything to anyone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's where I was like, oh, I, like, really don't know about white stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? I only, and the thing is, I was forced to pick up on a lot of things because mm-hmm. being put in those situations, and which diversified and challenged me. Yeah, but, it did, like, you know, but like, like, let's be real. that That's not the type of diversity we're talking no, about. We're no. We're not talking, like... We we're meant, talking we said about this. pushing yourself outside of your own limits, and the thing is, is like you were forced to put your, shut yourself outside of your own. Limits. I was also like, in addition to that, forced to adapt and yeah. catch on and hold on to those same traditions. Well, and also you were the fact that there was the assumption that you should have known that. or obligation that you need to know that. Yeah, like how could you not know that song? Yeah, unless of course you're me and just have shit memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. Yeah, no, okay, I get it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's isn't interesting. That, no, that's really interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still like, it was so crazy. No, that's such a weird one. Well, I remember like uh, square dancing in fourth grade. I did, you, this was probably before you transferred to our district, right? Or I did enter in fourth grade, yeah. Okay, but you probably, did you enter later in fourth grade or something? No, I entered on on. On fourth, on fourth grade. <laughs> like the first day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, did you ever have to square dance? Um, in middle school and high school. Okay, so we had to square dance in fourth grade. That really was like, young. Yeah, to I know. touching people. <laughs> I was personally not enjoying myself. I did not like my partner. <laughs> but it was like we had kids who were BIPOC mm-hmm. in the class. And it was just like, okay, everybody knows square dancing songs. And it was like, what? <laughs> First off, I'm nine. Why would I, I know? Square I know. I but know. it's also I just like that's also just a really big part of white culture, like white country mm-hmm. rural culture. Yeah. And it was just like this, which is where I'm from. But it was just like this idea of like, why would? Yeah. Like the yeah. student who just transferred here from Sacramento know? Yeah. Anything about square dancing? I know. Or like any of the basic movements? I didn't even know the basic movements. Yeah, I like. It's what's funny is like I don't have a lot of comparison to you know elementary school because most of my education was here in the small town, except I do remember of just like it was a very specific day. Here's the diversity all coming together. <laughs> I was at it was in third grade. Mm-hmm. I was at Roller King, mm-hmm. and my friend Chris, his racial positionality he's black his birthday was then we were just about to have cake my mom the audacity to come pick me up during cake time oh wow that's rude here's the reason why though that i remember (laughs) is that um we had a car full of my family members that just freshly immigrated to the country so we had to leave early well, <laughs> I guess but that's I, not an excuse. Isn't that Fine. so funny? No funfetti cake for you. I was, oh my you gosh. You don't get I, any of that same And I was just I sitting there like, I didn't get cake. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, your family's like, we're tired. Yeah, like, we, they just got back from the airport. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, oh, we're sleepy. I'm like, but Roller King. <laughs> my friends yeah but there's some like i think that is something (laughs) back 
to the thing that we're talking about, that is something that you need to think about with diversity is who's the majority here. And in our country, it's the white people. And who's benefiting from it. And also, what is that benefit? Because although we list benefits of like empathy, compassion, Mm -hmm. um, different perspectives, and you get to learn and you get to critique and think. Who's benefiting from the lack of diversity? Mm. Sorry. End scene. (laughs) I totally interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, I don't even know what I was going to say because I also was just thinking about, we'd be really great in theater. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we would. It would actually be really good, but we should never be filmed. <laughs> I think, like, stage theater. I think we would be so fun. I am so dramatic. Yes! I'm in agreement with you and because of me, too. Give me a skull. <laughs> I will recite a Hamlet thing. Oh, my gosh. I actually did partially perform that Hamlet. Scene. Hamlet? Yeah. I think... I, I really fuck with Ophelia's death. I know you do. It's a little concerning. I know, it was really, okay, anyways. But the flip side of, who, the flip side of diversity, how much it benefits us, is who's benefiting from not, from the lack of diversity, and ultimately, it's no one, but if we really want to get into it with us, mm. like, when we're thinking about the U.S. as a whole, it is the people in power who want us to keep having the same ideals, to not be exploring, mm-hmm. whether they consciously are aware of that or not, Right. but it's people who, they're it is assumed that we should know so the middle class white male mm-hmm. it is assumed that we should know their experience they're benefiting from the fact that there is that assumption and also that they are the image of success and if you do not meet that then you are not worthy yeah mm-hmm. yeah no that's a huge thing i mean I and then of it's course so weird because there's so many like there's so many white males who are middle class that are in the kkk so why are, or like neo-nazi so like why are we out here we're just out here putting be- them at the success level. Ah, that's because our country's based on white supremacy. How many, how many uh, white middle class men have I don't know been a shooter, an active shooter somewhere? Yeah, yeah. And you, I think they probably react to this type of stuff because they feel like their power's being challenged. Mm-hmm. And that's because we are not us specifically. <laughs> we don't, have, but like. In general, like, I think that there's this huge push to say, like, stop just thinking about yourself and your own experience. Like, experience something else. Yeah. But then also, don't just get look- a burrito from Taco Bell. Maybe go to an authentic place. Oh, my like, gosh. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other thing. Um, but, yeah, there is, there. I mean, there's there's work to be done introspectively with yourself. Yeah. And then there is to actually surround yourself with the content and yeah. with the people and with the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to, I mean, maybe it will, but for some, it's not just going to fall into place for you. Like, there's a lot that, a lot of ideals that you were born with that you need to deconstruct, and that takes work. Yeah. And, and that is part of the work that comes into diversity. Right. Right. And it's part of this progression towards building that empathy. Yeah. And that way, once you know, practicing that empathy, you can continue to spread love. Yeah. <laughs> love. <laughs> just like compassion and care and yeah. just giving a fuck about people. Yeah. It's just generally not hating someone because you don't understand where they're coming from. Yes. This is why I like there are literally like that. There are groups of people that literally are so stuck in their own world, in their supremacy in mm. their minds. Mm-hmm. That they hate 
groups of other people that they have probably never even really interacted with. Yeah, and it's just this projection of like, no, I'm right. Yeah, and I think that is the opposite. That is... That is what happens when we don't diversify. That is what right, happens and that when is, we don't push for that. And that's and, the importance of it. <laughs> and that is not that you need to seek out those people because you don't have that type of person in your life. Yeah. Because there is a line where you should not be seeking content or communities that put you in danger. Yeah. Or that will not respect your basic human rights. Well, that's just a general rule. Right? I would, I mean, I would hope like, so. Like, don't interact with people that don't benefit you or better you. Better, yes, that better you in the ways that you need and that you want. Yeah. It's all about, it's all about growth, baby. Yeah. Yeah, honey. Yeah, honey, it's all about growth. <laughs> Yay! We have an email. It's sundayshowcasepod at gmail.com. And we want that to be an open inbox to have check-ins, follow-ups, resource sharing and just connecting on the episode we just posted yeah i mean we we want to hear about you yeah your I, thoughts because you're a part of this conversation right we, we like you enough yeah <laughs>